Hi, this is Tracy Savage. I'm Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. When I'm not trying to keep Shelly quiet, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. In and out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is patiently awaiting the return of the Netscape Navigator. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, uh, we're continuing our hand-drawn journey as we go from Canada to Japan to talk 1997's Perfect Blue. And whether you've been in a pop group or not, uh, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your idle hole. <laughs> and we are idling out on the social medias. Uh, you can find us idling on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on both Blue Sky and Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. But it is only on that book of biscuit, or I should say book of face, right. that leads us to an events tab, which leads us to shenanigans and doppelganger shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, January 12th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com and they will find they have your doppelganger shenanigans. Take care of indoors. Just indoors and right now. Yeah, right yeah, now. Just indoors. Well, better yet, head on over to the Friday Night Fright tab. And the Friday this episode is releasing, Genius, we're doing, as it turns out, a little bit of a holiday. Uh-huh. Uh, we're traveling abroad. Yes. We're going to France. Uh-huh, which means we're going to get fucking brutal. <laughs> it goes without saying, pretty much in terms of, like, your country's, like, their their contributions to, to cuisine mm-hmm. and, and culture. Mm-hmm. And with France. Well, with France and horror. Woo! <laughs> we like to go to the extreme, as they say. Yes, we and, do. And uh, we're going to be taking in. The extreme. Martyrs. Martyrs. From the 2008. And we discussed it on the main feed. Mm-hmm. And what's horrible, for two weeks now, when we're talking martyrs, <laughs> a movie that moves people. Right. Positively and negatively. Right. You're giggling it up over here. Mm-hmm. Because if anything, we've discovered how to make a monster. <laughs> but not just that, but it's also like, I feel devious unleashing this upon the masses. Like, <laughs> and like we say, it carries a reputation. Yeah, a well-deserved reputation. Very well-deserved. Uh, now uh. then, uh, staying in Europe, actually, there, Noah's genius. wife. <laughs> next, <laughs> next Friday, we're going over from uh, France to Italy. And we're going to be taking in Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Ooh, classy. I've only seen it one time. Uh-huh. It was at a Terror Tuesday. Uh, so in this case, many moons ago at this point at the old draft house. Uh, I remember really digging it. Mm-hmm. But it was it was the Morricone score. Really? That really kind of separated. Because I always go in with Argento thinking Goblin. Right. But with Morricone doing his thing and doing it well with... I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? Uh-uh. Excellent. It's... I believe, if I remember right, it is his first official Jallo. Sweet. And then he kind of goes from there. So I'm anxious to see okay, okay. how this plays with you. My Argento gap. 
It, it's a it's a weird one to fill in. Nice, <laughs> but like I said, it's the well, more, it's Argento. It, you well, and that is to be said. It's bright. Mm-hmm. It's vibrant. You got black gloves. It's a whodunit. It, it sets up the blueprint. Morricone. For... Neat. Yes. And it, he's Neat. playing like he would and like you would expect to hear in a giallo. Uh-huh. So it's really, okay. really cool. Looking forward to seeing that with you and the Friday Night Fright film family. All right. And then the uh, other repertory screenings that are going to be happening on the weekend of the 12th. Mm-hmm. Uh, in continuation of their Kubrick series, uh, we, we kicked off with the Shinnin. Uh-huh. And I'd like to, Genius, take you back to 1968. So let's do a little... Uh, and if you, as horror fans, 1968 is beyond a banner year. Mm-hmm. You get both Night of the Living Dead, you get Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. But in sci-fi, you also get Planet of the Apes. Yes. Which is... Get your filthy bars off me. Ah... You blew it all to hell, you damn you to hell, you bastards. But then you also Him get- and Susan Day George should have a bastard off. Oh, God. I'd actually pay to see that. Mm-hmm. I'd pay to see that. But we also then get uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. which, when's the last time you watched that? Really? Yeah, it's, uh, I've it's, seen that. But you, you know- I know of it. I know of it. Well, I didn't back in the day, and I remember distinctly the first time viewing it. Mm-hmm thinking I was watching the wrong movie. Because, you know, you start at basically the dawn of man. Right. And you've got these man and ape suits, which leans into the planet of the apes territory. Mm-hmm. But then you get the monolith. You get the Ric Flair music. All that stuff. And the, see, and I think, like, I can't watch it now because... The Simpsons? Because of everything. Because of everything? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> History of the World Part 1, I'm like, what are those monkeys going to start masturbating? You know? And like, <laughs> or like, you know, just some something. Something random is going to pop in my head. But that is to say, then the influence of this film mm-hmm. is found in culture. Right. Beyond that, it is popular or genre. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those that has to be seen, to be believed, to be heard large and loud this is your opportunity to do that. And even like just last year, Barbie parodied this film. Exactly. So that is to say, again, See, so like everything is you like, continue to feel the influence and of even that. Like, like uh, open the pod bay doors. Can't do that. Or no, like something's going to happen. Like, oh, no, Johnny Five is alive, you know? So oh. I don't know at this point in time if I could like. You just need to see how it all flows together. Yeah. That's the thing. That's because you it's like any other of those that you've I've seen that through. But you need to experience. And I will just say this. If you can, kind of like uh, with what we're going to be experiencing next week, mm-hmm. as the kids say, if you time the edibles right, you'll <laughs> once 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 they kick in, once you start going to Jupiter Genius, right? Trust me, absolutely. Trust me. Okay, okay, we'll go to Jupiter. <laughs> now the um, other contemporary uh, screenings that are going to be happening, continuing new horror here in 2024. We've mm-hmm. got Night Swim. Ooh, something new. I never heard of a well haunted pool. It should be known by the time this episode releases, we will have seen it, mm-hmm. and we will have actually talked about it on Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hoping it is a good time. But then also making its debut is Mean Girls the Musical. I'm intrigued. 
Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. One, I like Mean Girls, and two, I I do enjoy a musical. Not so much of the newer stuff, more so the old school. The old but school. I I dig a lot of new musicals. So you will give I'm, musicals a I chance. Absolutely, give musicals a chance. And so like, and Mean Girls, because isn't this like uh, is this is this the same one where they're still? I believe They're, everyone else is involved except for Rachel McAdams at this point. Possibly. Okay. As far as I know. Okay. I know snippets of it. Okay. That is to say, it's a musical. We both like Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. I need content for Patreon. We'll make Fetch happen. We'll make Fetch happen. <laughs> so uh, we hope to see you uh, fetching around with the Screenland film family. But genius if I'm talking film family. Hey, bellies. We have our own collection of film family members hanging out at Patreon. Mm-hmm. And on the day this episode releases, regardless of their tier, uh, they're going to be hearing my thoughts on uh, 2023's Dream Scenario. Oh, yeah? The one with Nick Cage. Uh-huh. Did you ever get around seeing no. that? No. I went in completely thinking one thing, kind of based on the trailer. Mm-hmm. Walked away with something completely different, and that is to be said, be prepared to, to laugh. Uh, there's a great flatulence scene there, because farts are always funny. Right. But also, it's it's pretty dour. Mm-hmm. And given that I just watched Stop Making Sense for the first time in 2023, and I've been continuing to experience you know that one over and over again, there is a scene with the big suit. And... That is to say, if you want to see Nick Cage in the David Byrne big suit, check out Dream Scenario. Right on. But be prepared, though. It is a sad, dour movie. Okay. As opposed to what I anticipated being in kind of maybe a weird- Lighthearted romp. Maybe, maybe horror adjacent, possibly. I kind of wanted to see Nick Cage's Freddy Krueger. That's what I was going for. At yeah. this point, considering he got to play Dracula, the the there's no kind of limit for him at this point. Not the bees, bitch! and the fact that we did an actual commentary for that as well over on patreon so if you'd like to have access to that and so much more head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead and again here in the month of january loaded Mm -hmm. with a lot of good stuff (sighs) so this is an interesting turn Mm -hmm. in terms of this month's theme uh kind of an anticipating what we're going to be watching, but the fact that we're going from like total mirth, mayhem, and mammaries <laughs> yeah. from last week's heavy metal. Our one-way ticket to midnight. <laughs> into something that tackles complex psychological issues mm-hmm. that had me questioning what I was watching how was I understanding it correctly? Something, some fantastic from going from fantastical outer space world to something grounded in reality. And then that's the thing. When finding out what we were going to do next, okay, let's do an anime movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, which one? Because it's so well, huge and so prevalent. We talked a little bit about it last week, but when you say adult animation, mm-hmm. I, th- I think of anime. Because I remember as a kid growing up, there was that, it came from another yeah. continent, yeah. like across the globe, and it, it looked different, it sounded different. Mm-hmm. It, it tackled different things. It felt adult, did it not? And there's tentacles? What's going on? Ooh. You know what so I'm saying? To say, <laughs> the seeds were sown. Well, and I remember those <laughs> seeds being sown, and even looking back at kind of like the very early examples of anime in Japan, 
uh, early 1900s. 1917 is kind of the first instant of like it's manga to the public. And, yep, it's up on the screen, and there are three kind of they call them the the Godfathers of anime, and uh, that is Oten Shimokawa, Seitro Kitayama, and Junichi Kuchi. Three like well known that set those seeds mm-hmm. upon which all the weird tentacled esque fruit that it then then this born and in the 1960s uh, I know like Astro Boy yeah was pretty big well I was gonna say we grew up with anime not even knowing it how how many times did we wake up early in the morning and watch Speed Racer mm-hmm. you know and like it was because it was different yeah. than anything it, we've seen before I even remember back in the day going yeah this feels different yeah there is something off with it but i'm intrigued that's and just I'm it. encapsulated with it well and it's because i think when you're when you grow up on a steady diet of what we were you know uh weaned on in that case mm-hmm. when something different hits your palate you're like oh it makes an impact oh. and then i will say i had my holy trinity of anime mm-hmm. it was vampire hunter d uh wicked city and akira those were the three I was familiar with, mm-hmm. the three that I have seen, and back in the day, be it the VHS rentals or even have to like specially order them, it felt transgressive watching, especially those particular three. Yeah, because like you say, they deal they deal with some very adult themes, but at the same time, they don't shy away from shit either. You have a lot of um, Mod Lebowski would probably be big in anime. Vagina, teeth. With vagina, yeah, or vagina with teeth in this case. Like, what else? What what madness can we do? And like, as me growing up, who is always down for madness, mm-hmm. like I would seek that shit up and look at it and like, well, wow, this is nuts. I love it. Do you remember your first introduction into this world, the adult world of, and, an- of animation? I remember one of my favorites was being Ninja Scroll, and Ninja- I still oh, this, I Scroll. love Ninja Scroll, and then the Giver, um, and just finding bootleg copies of like old anime shows and stuff. So I dug it. I dig it. I haven't got full into it. And see, what I like best is the single stories because Mm -hmm. like it's a daunting world out there. Like, for example, people are going to do Perfect Blue and I know we're going to get like, well, you should try this series and that series and this series and that series and try this one. But it's like, I don't want to jump right in the middle of something and be fucking confused. And I don't want to start something that's 4,000 episodes long. You know what I'm saying? Well, my access to this world was actually Suncoast Mm -hmm. back in the day. Oh, yeah. They had their own anime section that even back then, be it probably in... Well, we had like an anime section in Blockbuster. Did you in guys? In my old Blockbuster days. It was ah, small, but we had you, it. Was that where you were perusing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I would see shit like uh, Appleseed. And that's where I did see uh, Ninja Scroll mm-hmm. for the first time and things like that. Some of the old, more risque things. Um, the Giver was another cool one that we would get. So we, And we would have requests because at that time, this was like maybe 94, mm-hmm. then it was starting to influence more in over here on this side of the globe. And so people would request like, Hey, can you get a little bit more anime in? And like, okay, cool. Let's see what all the hubba lubba lubba is about. <laughs> you know, I, I like speed racer. You know, I remember Ooh. watching dragon ball Z. Let's see what this is. Oh, wow. This is way different. Cool. I am down. Well, down. And because it gives you more of the gore, mm-hmm. it 
it's not afraid of sexuality and nudity. Right. It is very adult themed. Yeah, they're R-rated movies, just animated. Mm-hmm. And the, like you said, there's the plethora of them. In mm-hmm. fact, I've had like multiple students in my speech class give both informative and persuasive speeches on the world of anime. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of them, I feel bad because I'm like, I've heard of that. And like, I can kind of, I've seen that my way through them. So this was when we were putting everything together, I was so glad that we were able to pencil this in because then now, if they give future speeches on this, I know exactly yeah. about Perfect Blue. I don't have to BS my way through that one. And, and that's the good thing about this one in particular. It's standalone. You don't have mm-hmm. to go no, in the they're... middle of the world. You don't need to know a lot of this stuff. And even if you're not familiar with some of the situations, and in like, like I'm sure a lot of people who don't understand pop idols and the importance of it in Japan, Ooh. you know, but you can still get it mm-hmm. you can still it's see it's universal culture. right it's mm-hmm. still universal and even in things that are fantastical or set in like feudal japan some of the themes that are still universal that you can get into but like i said with this great thing it's its own thing you don't have to have any backstory any knowledge of anything and that's what i kind of like about movies anime movies like this because like it's hard as shit to go into dropped right in the middle i mean look at kaijun yeah you know what i'm saying i mean sure godzilla's can be standalone but if you want to get in the middle of the lore and shit mm-hmm. or, or better yet like ultraman mm-hmm. how that was a long-running series there's so much different variations and if you're dropped right in the middle of ultraman you're like what the fuck is going on Shin- the smashy Ka- smash is cool yeah but i don't know all of this but so like Shin Kamen Rider, that yeah. was a great like one and done introduction to the bigger world. And that's what like Perfect Blue. And I hope it's a lot of people's. Well, I don't know if it's gate. Hopefully it's a lot of people's gateway into it. But definitely this is a great example of how you can tell a modern psychological horror story done in animated format. In fact, almost this is <laughs> A stands for animation in A24 because this is like a film. You know what I'm saying? And then capital F. This is a film that has been heavily hyped for mm-hmm. me ever since it's been on my radar. And that's not too terribly long, but ever since it has been, within the, probably the last two or three years, mm-hmm. constantly, you were telling me, yeah. this is a good movie. I know a film family member, Marie, has mentioned this. This played at last year's Shocktober, and I don't know how... No, I know why I missed it, because I was like you. I was still feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and intimidated by just what anime is, even knowing it was a single story. And I think that's one of those things when I finally had taken in a number of Godzilla films, went and saw the Toho Godzilla and felt amongst the family. Right. I think that's the thing with anime as well, because I know it's sold well. Mm -hmm. So that means there's a number of people are familiar with it, and and actually probably familiar with the work of Satoshi Kon. Or Or even curious about it. Like yeah, why? Why is this animated movie in the middle of a horror of all these of everything? Mm-hmm. You know, and I hope a lot of like, oh wow, this is really good. I hope this actually people who went into this movie the first time said like, oh, anime is not just big bosom girls fighting with lasers and space monsters and shit. It mm-hmm. can be like, it can tell a story. It can tell a proper good story. And that's what everyone told me that it was proper good, that it was equal parts Black Swan. Mm-hmm. And in this case, especially now, kind of looking at it, you mentioned it before. It's been a high tension. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so many just heady thematic elements going on that when I was kind of putting together the outline of how to approach this, how do we get it started, halfway through it, I'm like, okay, duality, metamorphosis, change, obsession. There is 
a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening in this movie that even though it's like the late 90s is really getting a feel for what internet culture would become yeah because this shows you those early seeds of that initial interface mm-hmm. that is the internet when there are people out there that had to be explained what is this internet or and even like is this really the person i'm talking to Anonymity. The one responding, like mm-hmm. because how many times, like even nowadays, we put on uh, there's parody accounts of people on Twitter and people interact like it's actually that person, and there's real people on the celebrities on Twitter and they're just getting bombasted. So like this was almost kind of like uh, this is gonna happen a lot more, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on in terms of relationships with self relationships with technology mm-hmm. uh going Between into celebrities and their fans mm-hmm. there's and all of that animated in an 87 minute movie 82 minutes i think actually yeah and like it is it, and we love brevity yeah but let me just say this in terms of the stuff that we kind of established from last week and almost in an like an adult animation checklist mm-hmm. what i think of with adult animation especially with uh Animation from Japan, anime. Do we get, let's face it, some of the, the Nudity, pervy panty right. shots and what have you that check? Mm-hmm. Does it deal with, and especially just like interesting aesthetic choices within mm-hmm. the animation? Definitely check mm-hmm. on does, this one with gore. Because oh. when you go into adult animation, your animation, you're going to think of gore because mm-hmm. they're going to shy away from the blood. It's, and we got gore. It's basically sex, nudity, and violence. Right. And gore. Your R-rated checklist. Mm-hmm. Does it fit? Does the, is it an R-rated movie? Yes, it is. Hard R. Yeah. But also, it touches upon so many things eloquently, sometimes very subtly. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's a point about two-thirds through the film where we get some repetition of things happening and it started my my grappling with the film going wait what's happening what's real yeah oh shit what's happening to me now is you know all of a sudden i see you over there and you're in this like little little dress and skirt going all there or i look like i look like you all of a sudden i got short shorts on it's it's weird these things that are happening there how did i get here There's right? a moment in the movie at the very end Same when she's having those conversations <clears throat> with herself. And the movie itself started. And I will say this. The hype was there. I know hyperbole has had has burned yeah. me in a lot of times. I was afraid, possibly, that the hype would burn me, kind of like with you. Right. Not at all. Totally dug this movie. Legit can see why people have been praising it. Mm-hmm. And even at the very beginning... It got me with a swerve because when it started, I thought we were seeing what was maybe like a trailer for some other anime film. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. This this is Shudder. So there are no trailers. Attached why is before. there kaijus and, and, and a Power Rangers? Power Ranger thing. And I was like, OK. And then, no, this is your first instance of is it real? Is it a movie? Is it a flashback? Well, probably also subverging uh, the West's. Uh, expectations like okay anime you just think it's nothing but power rangers and kaiju fighting all right let's start it off like this here you go wait a minute yeah and Mm. surprise but then it takes a turn and it's actually let's start with you mentioned before like j-pop k-pop pop idols yeah we kind of have them here in the states 
idols, they're pressured to not only be like young and happy and skinny and pure, the best. The <laughs> So I'm not like super, super familiar with the world of idols, but the best like um, example I could do would be Mickey Mouse Club. That's fair. Well, that's you know, the, it's you, controlled. It's very controlled. It's they're, very competitive. And there's so many different agencies out there producing their own idols and trying to like start ground root because to be an idol, you have to start like at smaller venues, mall openings, sure. shit like that. And then you become bigger. And then they're always deciding who's going to be well, in what group or whatnot. Like, you know what like Menudo was back in the yeah, day? Yeah, it's all about, there's, it's, it's like the Mickey Mouse Club, mm-hmm. like putting like the Backstreet Boys, but like it's its own battle arena. And it's just <laughs> like everybody's trying to be the top and the best idol. And when you change, for example, like like I said, like at the Mickey Mouse Club, when Justin Timberlake became, joined the, every, the one group, and everybody's like, hey, and then he left, oh, right? Yep. Times that by so much. And that's just so it. much because it, idols are huge in Japan. It's a level of fandom I don't think we can actually properly fathom. Right. And like Taylor Swift, but like compress it, mm-hmm. you know, into this little group and all these other groups fighting for attention. Yeah. And then you have to establish, like you said, there's the relationship you establish with your fans. Uh, and then there's the the crossing the line because there's a lot of like meet and greets you have to do mm-hmm. and pressing you the flesh to maintain and... yes mm-hmm. the image out there and like you it's carefully cultivated and it's constant <sighs> i mean these girls are put oh, under so non-stop. much pressure i all the time i can only imagine that and then, then they just that kind of fantasy world of where you where you, you give in and you snap yeah or even better you just take some time off or you grow up I mean, you're yeah. supposed to be, yeah. you're supposed you're, to be like, like the Mickey Mouse Club or like look at Seventh Heaven and Jessica Biel and all that shit. Remember when mm-hmm. she first posed for Maxim? It was like Maxim. It wasn't even like nudity. Gear. Gear. Yeah. God help me. <laughs> Stuff. Right. <laughs> and like, it wasn't even nudity. It was no. just game. And like, oh my goodness. Right. And like the, the, the one that was most loud about it was the dad who played on the show. And when he wound up being a goddamn diddler. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so it's, but like when they try to grow up or shed their image, evolve. yeah, they try to like, I'm not 12 years old anymore. People, they either like go way off the deep end and like try and be as risque as possible mm-hmm. or they try and like somehow rein it in. Everybody's going to have their own opinion about everything. And we get uh, Mima's kind of journey here from it starts as is it, is it Cam or Cham? Uh, Cham. Cham. And that's with an exclamation point as well, which mm-hmm. I freaking love. Because initially I thought it was Chammy. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just Cham. That's <laughs> like, bum. <laughs> it's important. It's important. But it's it goes into her thing about becoming an actor mm-hmm. and her the fandom's response to that change and to her going from one thing to another and whether or not they will allow her to do that. Yeah. Which is nuts to think about. Because they're like, well, she is, can we get rid of this and rid of that? And it's kind of like, remember in One Cut of the Dead when that one idol was trying to be in the zombie movie and mm-hmm. she was like, oh, my agency won't allow me to get vomited on. Can we see if we can change it? And they're like, yeah, sure, we can see what we can do. Or yep. like, oh, I'm supposed to be blood, not supposed to get blood on me. I'm supposed to be night. And can we change, like, you know, can we use fake tear? You know, so like, because the agency won't let me, you know, so it's a lot of like, that stuff they want to do it but that sometimes they can't send much or sometimes they won't mm-hmm. you know so it's got to be a rough world over there 
I mean, the, well, to be, well, I wouldn't <laughs> mind being famous myself, but like. Be careful of that kind of fame, though. I know. That Any kind days? of fame? Yeah. Especially even in. So to, I don't do two shows a night, babe. <laughs> I won't, won't do it. Well, today's fame, mm-hmm. even, you know, is so much different now. In fact, what the hell did I just watch that was all about fame as a cautionary tale? It was legit good. And it's like, holy shit, that just resonates. But even back in 97, yeah, they really, truly had an idea of what this was like. And you get the initial Mima's room, which for a second, I was like, wait, was someone like legit in the room? Yeah. And then it's like, no, is it kind of a, is it, is it a homeroom? Or, and there's just, there's terminology used throughout that I had to kind of find myself getting accustomed to mm-hmm. because the transitions in this and the editing, you will legit be, you will see a current, you know, reality thing, then the movie, then a flashback, all within and the, a small time frame. But it gets worse as her madness devolves. Sets in, yes. And, and that's the brilliance of this movie because you are literally on her journey because mm-hmm. she doesn't know what's real and what's not. No, so why should you, you know? So it's like, that's the brilliance of it. Just like the way it just like the tonal shift and the fact when you can do an animation, you don't have to like, you don't oh, no. have to fade in or fade out or do anything crazy. This is the past. This is the reality. Or maybe is this the reality? That's another thing that I like about anima- animation that you can do. You can tell these stories with no limitations, mm-mm, mm-mm. no budgetary constrictions, only your imagination and your time. Well, you have to have some money to do it, but you know what I mean. Well, and the fact that everything's hand-drawn, that this is still hand-drawn animation. And the care and craft that goes into that, and there's scenes throughout the movie where things just seem off, mm-hmm. be it through the character design, be it through just the um, just the background that's happening. And I know that's gotta be yeah by plan but even looking at the stalker himself from the get-go he's just off-putting that's just it off you only see one eye mm-hmm. and that eye is almost like he's been in the beyond in this case yeah the other eye is totally covered by a hair and he's just scraggly and just gnarly and just off and when you see him shamble in, and oh. meander it's terrifying. Listen, I know I'm one of those introverts, socially awkward. I like my alone time. But man, oh man, when you see him and just like the level of obsession with all mm-hmm. the media surrounding him and also him having his his fangs early on into like cyber stalking, catfishing in a way. Stalking. I mean, ghost and, and, and uh, like gaslighting, gaslighting and just like peeping. Cause he knows uh, everything about uh, her. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, it's juxtaposed. Well, she's been in this girl group and she's trying to break out in this actress and they want her to do some horrific shit Woo! in this acting scene. And it's, that's another thing. Like people expect the gratuity and there's not gratuity in this, but like it's, not classily shot, but mm-hmm. I mean, like it shies away, but it doesn't shy away from like the brutality that's going on in both the fantasy world of of ho- making of the movie. Because mm-hmm. there's a part where like he's about to rape her, and he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Yep, you know, I just want to let you know I'm. You know, this is it's like, hey, it's acting. Hey, it's I understand. Acting. And she's like, "Yep, I get it." And then later on, it just kind of triggers all these different things, and. It's a hard, not an easy scene to watch. No, which is, it is. Which, again, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to be nothing but nudity and gratuity, which is like a false uh, thing of anime. And no, it's it's not 
treated with uh, flippancy. No, 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 no. This, this, like I said, the tonal shift we take from heavy metal to perfect blue just shows you the capacity mm-hmm. for what the storytelling that anime can can actually pull off. Because I was uncomfortable during this movie. I laughed a few times during this movie. Um, it really leaned into the heady stuff that I really enjoy. Like you said, it's very A24-ish. But it's also violent and gory. When the kills happen... Whoo! And you see all of it... Umpteen and it's, times? Yeah, umpteen. Umpteen is just the wrong kind of... You don't want to be on the wrong end of something that is umpteen, umpteen times. times. Yeah. It's never pleasant. Um, there is that moment, though, when they're doing... It's the initial rape scene discussion that should give you and not let's say just spoiler alert for a movie that's that's very older at this point but that is that seed that's planted in terms of who is doing the actual crime Mm -hmm. because it's the agent that starts crying and walks away while it's the other guys like no 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 it's just for the betterment of the career for the greater good the greater good in this case but the other one's like no she she came to scene came to perform that's that was it that was like her purpose and doesn't isn't allowed to expand beyond that and then all the other red herrings are laid out there in which the stalker himself now with technically we see it as in her point of view so we see a ghost we see her own all this stuff is going on while her psyche is breaking Mm -hmm. so this is just adding fuel to the fire and the multiple conversations of a hallucination can't be real and do things well yeah and the fact that she's putting she's in a show so talk about getting menace so she's in a show about some uh somebody that is going around killing people that possibly might be at multiple personalities. Meanwhile, she's being stalked and harassed by somebody who's having multiple personalities while she herself is going through a transition where she sees herself maybe possibly breaking up into multiple personalities. So it's just like, that's a lot of There's shit. There's a lot There's going a on lot there. Of shit going on with this movie and keeping up. This is not one you can have in the background and be like, "Oh, look at the pretty pictures." No, 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 or no, like, no, no, no. Oh, this is going to be titillating. No, this is one you need to sit down and actually watch, or you're going to be fucking lost. You do have to invest yourself in this film, but like thankfully, Black Swan. and I, so there were the Black Swan connections. If I had to, I've seen that my way through it. I would have pulled that reference, and mm-hmm. it makes sense mm-hmm. throughout. But looking at the director's work. Another film that I know I've been told I need to see is Paprika. Paprika's dope. Paprika! Paprika is dope. And you said it leans it, into another. Yeah. It, it's like when James Gunn says, oh, I've never seen uh, Night of the Creeps when I made Slither. <laughs> right? Uh, this is Christopher Nolan's over here like, uh, I've never seen Paprika when I made Inception. <laughs> And that's to say, though, it's taking on a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Like, this is this is a filmmaker that doesn't mind a lot of layering yeah. going on. Because we had, uh, at the Blockbuster, we had Perfect Blue and Paprika, and we had Tokyo Godfather. Mm-hmm. So, I've never seen Tokyo Godfather, but I want to. I heard it's grand. Well, if so. it's if it's him, yeah. you have to assume it's going to be good. That's his Christmas movie. It's a Christmas film? Mm-hmm. Ooh, we should maybe uh, program that next year. Because n- as, as ones that we haven't... Now, however, though, since neither of us have vetted it... We should probably it, vet it first. Because if it's anything, even adjacent to some of the, the trauma that our characters go through in Perfect Blue, 
that might be a bad Christmas yeah. for some. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, Legend of Hell House was hard enough. I don't know how necessarily something animated like that. Well, Legend of Hell House had all the sexual goodies and that, that Ma- Malcolm McDowell promised, but like... It was not mirthful, Roddy McDowell. Oh, Malcolm McDowell in that one. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think we got that. Michael Myers is bringing sexual goodies. No. No. Oh, that's awful. That's awful. Um, There are a number, and I think I talked about a little bit, but the uh, the editing Mm -hmm. and the transitions that are happening, um, where you, there's one specifically, and it's one of my first notes. It's when they go from the stage to her her doing her everyday shopping mm-hmm. activity and that's when you initially start that whole duality thing and how can you know how natural is it for duality you know can you have the sweet without the sour in this yeah. case can you have the actor without the pop idol and it's the the confrontation of those dualities in terms of can they coexist and be peaceful or are they going to be constantly in battle and when you have someone that is looking to progress and change, yeah, there's again, there's 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 confrontation there. No one is comfortable with change. No, nobody's comfortable, and it doesn't help that you're getting like bomb threats in the mail, and there's... you're getting and you're getting letters calling you a traitor for leaving the group. Okay, listen, and this is one of those things in terms of you know a total age of demarcation, but it's not surprising <laughs> that fucking Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> would be a fan of like J-pop and would not want them yeah. to stop changing. And Oh, and then we didn't call the police because we didn't think it was anything. It was anything. No, no, no. It's just fandom. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's almost in the blowing off of something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just to And that's you're like, holy expected. shit. Yeah, yeah holy that's... shit. Come on. I know this was in the 90s, but well, Jesus. Well, and even you get that scene of um, Mima when she's uh, doing the interview and they're talking about, well, you know, how do you transition from a singer to an actor? Did you ever see that footage of Billy Bob Thornton when he's being interviewed with the boxcars? And he's all pissed off. I want to talk about my music. You wouldn't ask Tom Petty that, would you? Just the pompacity of that. I, I got a little bit of that where you are trying to separate yourself from that. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be defined or even referred to in this point as the pop idol. As Billy Bob was like, no, no, no. Lead singer of the Boxcars, don't even worry about me acting. Which, right. Although if he, he threw up Tom Petty, Tom Petty did the uh, the acting thing as well. He did. He did. He the was postman lu- and lucky. He was lucky on King of the and Hill. King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. So yeah, come on, I Billy Bob. I slept in pee pee water. Right? <laughs> so, Have um, a sense of humor. But that's the kind of stuff that she's she's dealing with, mm-hmm. and constantly having to defend anything that you just naturally want to do. That also has to be exhausting. Meanwhile, that she's looking on the internet. Yeah, that's got to be terribly oh, exhausting. And then the then early on, days of the then internet. Then she goes on the internet saying, "Well, today this is what I felt and this is what I did," and it's true. Like everything about her, she's, like someone's already in her inner thoughts and hearing her inner monologue. Somebody's already taking pictures of her walking down the street and putting it up there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Holy shit! How does people know this?" And well, it gets into that fine line between <clears throat> being a fan and obsession and Mm -hmm. crossing those lines and how so many people that have put their work out there you know as as an artist of some sort have had to deal with people obsessing and crossing those lines and just the horrible shit that comes out of that that's not even like fantastic or anything it's just everyday reality for a lot of people it's again freaky scary well speaking of freaky and scary 
it's got this good sense of dread throughout. But there was one scene in particular that goes, holy shit, that was scary. When the stalker is walking down the hallway towards her, and he's dressed like the security guard, mm -hmm. and she turns for a brief second, and she looks over, and then it just flashes. He's right there, and then it moves to the next scene. And I was like, fuck, that got me. And that's part of those editing choices that they're making in this, where... Yeah you are taken by surprise and then the next scene you take a f it takes you a few seconds to get your bearings mm -hmm. okay and going where okay where am i now who am i here exactly <laughs> and bravo to that because like i said i had to stay engaged with this but based on the character work and based on the sympathy i was feeling for her i was completely engaged and that's why when the like the 82 to 87 minutes went by so quickly i was like holy shit there was no there was no fat yeah. On this particular piece of meal. And I know in terms of Japanese cuisine, I don't know what, you know, the the the, the gristle and, you know, and all that is left over. There's just, this is lean and mean. Well, with hand-drawn animation, you only have so much time before your hand gets out and your run, money runs out. So you better tell your story quick. Put your fluff, leave the fluff out. That's fair. That's fair. However, though, I mean, we know, and especially in today's day and age, you know, it's not an official film unless it's two hours, two and a half hours. Right. I appreciate that you can tell this very complex story give it an ending even though after all the carnage i'm glad she's able to like hey let's go do it let's make my life but it's right like, man the carnage that led up to that in fact going into this is very much psychological horror in a absolutely, lot of ways absolutely but you mentioned the gore and those gore pieces we've got an eyeball stabbing yes we have a hammer to the head Oh, the hammer to the head was good. Uh, if we're going back to inside, we get we get another we get a, region stabbing. We get a dick. We get a mangled dick again. Um, umpteen times yeah. with a screwdriver like device, mm -hmm. and then hit by a, someone was hit by a car. Uh, it, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah. It's and like you said, it's a low body count, but the body oh, count when they show the gore, they it's don't. Gore. It's, it's gory. Very it's gory. very gory. And but it because I don't think it leans into the gratuity element. Right. That it still then feels very much like you said a capital S film mm -hmm. and this is one i know that a number of people it'll say like when you're getting an anime perfect blue is not an intro one no but once you've established your footing and you figure out what you're comfortable with because i think that's another level there's stuff in here that could can we even say a yelp review with fish well, they don't because it would. Did they really? They really. Yeah, we don't really know if they died or not. <laughs> we don't really know them. if they died or not. <laughs> I think the flesh had some sort of spawning happening at a Something. certain point. Yeah, that's again, that's those elements. I'm like shit because they died in one scene, but they're alive in another. So we, I, I guess, I, I'm gonna say no because they come back alive. And they're animated. And they're animated. Genius. I don't, I don't know, know what's happening. I don't know, if animated, I don't know if animated Yelp review counts, but watch the next movie. VC is going to have this adorable kitten getting brutalized. And I'm going to be like, I take my words back. I should say, I watched um, for next week, for next week's uh, episode, I watched Fire and Ice. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of times I'm like, well, it's they're they're wild animals, but a, a like a, a, a jaguar gets it pretty rough. Some, some wolves do. And I'm like, do I do that as an animated Yelp? Animated Yelp, maybe. It's crossing. If anything, this movie is allowing us to kind of explore, mm -hmm. look into the the painful process that is change, and the shit. Excuse me, the stuff that she does go through here, including she goes through some shit. No, you said it right the first time. She's gone through some shit. Well, even though consenting adults, this and that, but even like the 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 the, the pictorial spread, right? What that just sets the stalker off when she is comfortable with her body. 
and mm-hmm. willing to put it out there. Well, they even said they even mentioned like that photographer is pretty known for getting mm. people comfortable enough to take their clothes off. And, and then you're like, nah, nah. Yeah, and, and then next, sudden, and then and but then it gets a little bit more gratuitous and more sexual, and he's it, and that's what sets a lot of a lot of the stalkers off to the point where he grabs and purchases all the magazines in town, so nobody else will see, and mm-hmm. then stabs him in the eyes. Yeah, appropriate, poetic, and. In a way, and I think he even mentioned it sometime during the movie, but like, I'm trying to keep you pure. I'm trying to keep you away from all these savages. Why mm-hmm. would you let, why would you do that to yourself? Which is you... the essence of a lot of the fandom for the idols. Like, oh, you're going to be adult now? Yeah. You're doing things that a pure, innocent woman shouldn't do? And Look at Seventh Heaven and Britney Spears and all the Musketeers whenever yeah. they try to do something else. They don't need to be protected. Right. They need to let be let to be able to allow to live their lives. If it's a mistake down the line, that's okay. Selena Gomez is doing fine. Yeah, it's good. How many careers have been launched via stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like legit. Much to the, but how many also has it destroyed? Mm-hmm. Oh, true. You know, Very true. so Very like true. it's sex it's, work is work, ladies and it's gentlemen. A, it's a rough world. It's a rough world being a idol, an idol, being a teenage celebrity. <laughs> you know, trying to sh- trying to. Sh- shrug your little kid image and become an adult well, when you and live- finding out who you are when you don't know who, who you, you are, are yourself yeah. and there's someone who looks like you which is another kind of terrifying thing mm. when the person tormenting you not only looks like you but has so much glee and happiness while doing it like happy innocent glee that was what really sold me on the horror aspects and especially when she's Floating around, jaunting around happily, one foot like magical girl wise, chasing you with an axe. Oh my god! And there's that time like Megan, like the the light bulbs when she's just one foot over the other, mm-hmm. left foot first possibly, as we mentioned. That was a very very specific things that they point out in this movie, and it's that kind of stuff that had me, that would bring me back in completely. Going okay, there's the horror element. Oh my god, right. that's terrifying. And on the flip, I also liked it when you see the reflection of the ghost and see what oh, who it really is. is. Yeah. And when the ghost does the transformation and things like that, I thought that was a good touch. There was a scene where, like, she's the ghost mm-hmm. and she's doing shit. And then all of a sudden she transforms into who she really is. There was just that subtle mm-hmm. trend. And I'm like, that's nice transformation. That's well, very good. And this is where the, the, the high tension is very appropriate because at a certain point, I was questioning whether she was legit the one committing all these right. things. Right, was actually a and ghost. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and was it wasn't the stalker per se. He was just a creepy stalker. Wasn't necessarily the you know all of it was circumstance. But no, 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 no. She is still kind of the one that is our survivor yeah. in this case, and thankfully comes out at the end happy and we get a, a jaunty tune. Yeah, closing things out. And I won't lie though, I think that's one of Cham's hits. I. I Kind of Doug Cham, dude. J pop's fun, and that's J pop's fun. I love, that's one of my favorite shit in the Yakuza games when you're playing the, and singing the J pop songs at the karaoke. Well, I was wondering at, at certain points, I saw maybe you just doing your muscle memory, mm-hmm. like you're doing X, Y, left, rights. <laughs> but that is to say, I can understand then the appeal of that, but also just to have your en- entire life documented in front of the camera without your knowledge either. Uh, Ah, it's it's scary. It's, it is, and it's, for something that was like mid nineties, yeah, ninety seven, just really saw what was out there and what could be. I and mean, like what came to be and what is continuing to be. Right, it's a cautionary tale before they even knew it would be. Would be, well, and I will, I will even look 
the thing that kind of gave me some giggles initially, and I had to talk about this, but you know that whole Power Rangers swerve that we saw at the beginning was some sort of promotional thing that they, they would get out there. I'm old enough to remember He-Man and the Masters of the Universe doing mm-hmm. that. Remember uh, the Ninja Turtles coming out of coming their shell? out of their shells? Hell's yeah! And legit, as a kid. That hyped me up. We like, go to the mall to see. I went to the mall you, to yeah. see Zoobly Zoo live in concert. Oh, shit. Where uh, Tiffany, um, Debbie. Uh huh. Or no, uh, Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany and I then. I think um, we're alone now. Deborah Debbie, Gibson. Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson. I got to call her Deborah. No, Debbie at the time. Right. They were getting their starts in the mall. They're doing the mall tours. And they were trying to become pop idols right and remember when tiffany got posed in playboy <gasps> scandal no, De- and then, debbie gibson and she didn't do anything ever and then debbie she went by. from deborah gibson to the, yeah and but now they're they almost are cautionary tales yeah and well and i hate to say it but also like look at dana plato oh you know what i'm saying that's I mean, a rough one she was on the good girl on different shows I'm like you have to be a good girl mm-hmm. meanwhile she's battling all these demons and when you are forced into being good, the minute you're going to be bad, you're going to be fucking terrible, you know? And she lost to her demons, man. Yeah. And, I mean, and Gary Coleman didn't have it any better either. Todd Britt. I mean, like, yeah. all these different yeah. cautionary tales of these kid stars. Fortunately, there's some good ones that come out. Mm-hmm. Like Christina Ricci. Daniel she Harris. She was a kid star. Daniel Harris. I mean, there's still a lot of ones that come out. Sean Astin, yeah. you know? But there's so many that just wind up like, Ooh. meat for the grinder. Oh my goodness! We got what we needed from you, and you're disposable. We'll find another one. It's like it's part of their plan. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah. So whether they be real demons, made up demons, you know, agent demons, they are dealing Stalker with these demons constantly, everywhere. It's it seems like it would be exhausting, in yeah. a sense. And I can understand then why you'd want to change or maybe get out of the life somehow. Yeah, it's one of those. It's yeah, yeah. This and Again, this movie was hyped up to 10 for me. Mm-hmm. So it could have been really easy for me for all of those situations where I felt lost, where I'm like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not getting this. Am I not smart? No, 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 no. It just, I had to let it soak in. And really, now even like Living talking that about world, it now, yeah. yeah. Ta- thinking back at it now, yeah, this one was very much well worth the hype. And this is one of those where the hype didn't hurt me. Thankfully. Good. good thankfully. Good. Yeah. I told you perfect booth tight. Well, and then so the last two thirds mm-hmm. when we get that groundhog groundhog's day esque scene one. Take one. Take one. Take, take two. two. Take, take three. three. That was a really good in, intriguing because again, I what's real? She's doing a show about kind of about her life while shit's going on, while other things hawk. I felt like I was drowning and I needed a life preserver. And that preserver came about in the last extended sequence where we get the bits with the stalker and the bits with the agent, and that's where we get that reflection scene, and everything escalates. We we lean into the gore a bit more, and that the sad bit at the very end, you know, at the when they're at the at the hospital, and you know she's still cycling uh-huh. dual identity disorder. I'm glad they actually use the term dual identity disorder. Yeah, like that is from the manual, mm-hmm. but then broke it down as like yeah, it's split personalities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, man, this one I'm glad. We programmed it. I'm glad it hit the way it did. Good. Um, was it a nice one? Yeah, when it was, was the a good rewatch. Last time I rewatched this, last time I rewatched it was maybe about 
Ooh, seven years ago? So there's been a little bit of a gap. It's been a minute, yeah. Okay, okay. So this is a nice rewatch. Yeah, this one definitely worked for me. Now, that being said, looking forward then to next week's episode, Mm -hmm. one that's going to be... I believe a first time viewing for you. Yes. And one I actually have seen. So the the the, uh, the, the roles have reversed now, my friend. Now the tables have turned. <laughs> so what will that film be? Well, you'll just have to tune in to find out. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in the dreams.